Welcome, and thank you for listening to Sandy Creek Stirrings. I'm your host, Joshua Jimenez. And if you're going to win souls, you've got to love souls. In spite of their meanness, in spite of the way they look, in spite of everything, you've got to seek to bring souls to Jesus Christ because you love them, because Jesus loved them, and because Jesus died for them, and you're trying to bring them to the Son of God. The Bible says in Psalm 84, 11, my last verse, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I based my whole life on that, that it pays to serve God, and I believe that with all my heart. God has given us a guidebook. God has given us a directional map, and that guidebook, that map, is the precious Word of God. Listen, don't just go and sit in the pew. Find some way to serve and serve as a family. Be a part of everything at church, and when you learn to love what God loves, um, your children will learn to love it as well. Homes are not that spiritually strong. We're getting overtaken by the world quickly, but unfortunately, we're pumping all the sewage in. You know, we're letting the world in when that ought to be a haven. We are on part number seven of Teaching Your Children Faith. That's right, part number seven. Again, joined here by Pastor Patrick Jimenez, and thank you for joining us today. I'm glad to be here. Great. Last and, uh, last uh, session, I think. We think, we think. <laughs> and, of course, he's the pastor of Victory Springs Independent Baptist Church, has a great YouTube channel. And um, if you look up Victory Springs Independent Baptist Church on YouTube, you'll find a bunch of messages on there that are critical to today's generation. And uh, so let me encourage you to go on there. You might even hear some messages by a guy named Joshua Jimenez. I don't know who he is. But, um, <laughs> hey, anyway. can I put a plug in? Oh, no. No, I, I, we just preached um, two messages on overcoming abuse and overcoming okay. those things. And I think it's a great thing. I don't know. You may even want to put those on your podcast at some point. I just Is that like tooting your own horn? <laughs> like, hey, you should play my messages on your no, podcast. No, you know, you, anyway. you used to, uh, I used to, uh, I guess, just give me the bad taste in my mouth when, you know, some preachers would be like, you've got to listen to this message. And they had me a CD and it's their message. And then now as a pastor, I realize there are That's some messages. Know, yeah. yeah. And there are some messages that I know will help people. And so I preached a, a two series. I don't know if you've got them there. You can give people the, 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 the where to find them. But, um, but basically, uh, there are two, two part series on overcoming abuse and emotional scars in your life. And they are very, very uh, good and will be a blessing to you to help. Right. If you go to uh, the, go to YouTube, type in Victory Springs Independent Baptist Church and go under the Playlist tab. Okay, go into the Playlist tab. You've got home videos, channels about, blah, blah, blah. Click Playlist. You'll see all the different series, because our pastor doesn't preach anything but series. <laughs> and uh, But anyway, go into this, um, under guy. the Playlist, and you'll see there the Life and Book of Jeremiah series. The Life and Book of Jeremiah. And if you go under that Playlist um, there, you'll see Overcoming Abuse Part 1, and Overcoming Abuse Part 2. Now, depending on when you're listening to this podcast episode, it may be a couple of years from now, it would be from November 10th, 2021, and November 21st, 2021. So if you're listening yeah. to this in 2025, you're going to have to go way back in our YouTube page I think you could it. probably even put the link to those in the yes. comment section. Well, there is no comment section. Or There's a episode description. There you go. I will, if I remember, you know how many times <laughs> I'm like, I'll give the link in the description, and I forget. And 
and people would be like, I can't find the link. It's like, oh, I forgot. You know, when I'm doing the post-editing on these episodes, sometimes I just forget. But yes, as long as I remember, the link for both of those will be in the episode description. And of course, if you're on the website, click the title of the episode, and it'll take you to that episode page. Each episode, whether you realize this, this or not, each episode has its own page, and it'll give you the description of the episode. It'll give you a whole bunch of information that maybe you've been missing out on. And so let me encourage you to do I've that. I've never but... read those before. <laughs> you, yeah. Normally, if I listen to your podcast, when I do, I, I listen to it in the car. Right. So I just... I have it on my phone, so and I click the little icon, and sure. then I look for the next episode and hit play, and so I don't notice that other stuff. Yeah, well, if you click, click the title of the episode, it'll take you to the episode page, and it has just yeah. a very short description of what the episode's huh, about, stuff like that. Any links I may have mentioned are there in the episode description. So anyway, um, what were we talking about to begin with? Well, teaching your children um, faith. Teaching your children faith, so yes. But anyway, before we get into that, Merry Christmas to you. We are officially in the Christmas season. What are you getting? And um, I'm not getting you anything. And uh, No, I'm just kidding. And um, I've got such a great gift. I can't tell what it is online. People think I'm rich. And, <laughs> and I'm just kidding. And, is it uh, that Remington 870? No, okay. here we go again. And uh, But anyway, um, so Merry Christmas to you. And I hope you are, have wonderful plans for the Christmas holiday, reminding ourselves again of the great gift that God gave in coming down to this earth with the whole purpose of dying for you and I. If you don't know for sure that you'd go to heaven when you die, then let me encourage you to go back and listen to our episode. It was episode number, oh, episode number five, way back at the beginning. What is biblical salvation? Jesus came to die for you so you could go to heaven when you die. You need to know that. You need to remember a time where you asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and save you. So go back and listen to episode number five, What is Biblical Salvation? And I would love to know if you got saved, email me, joshua at sandycreekstirrings.com. So here we are, Teaching Your Children Faith, Part 7. Let's get into it today now that we've already been in here for about five minutes. That's right. Okay. So here we are, um, Teaching Your Children Faith. Let's just jump into this next one, is Teaching Them to Hate Sin. Mm-hmm. We must teach our children to hate that which God hates, and to hate that which crucified our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of the cross of Calvary. Sure. Remember, He was crucified for our sins. We should hate sin. And so, do we really teach our children to hate sin? Um, and here's why you need to teach your children to hate sin, is because there's going to be an internal battle. Um, every one of us has a sin nature, that sin nature is deep-seated and rooted within our DNA, if you could put it that way. And that sin nature draws us to wrong, choose wrong, want wrong, desire wrong, uh, plan wrong. It's just we are bent the wrong way. Right. And so we need to teach our children to hate sin and to combat that sin nature. Now, when we look at the world, the world is going to try to attract our children to do wrong and to love sin by appealing to their sin nature. That's why you drive down the road and the billboards, okay, they have the billboard. They make sin look what? They make sin look good. They've got, you know, the, the liquor billboards, the beer 
uh, billboards. Everyone's smiling. Everyone's having a great time. You know, you've got a man and he's drinking his beer and he's got these women who are uh, pretty and, and, and they make it look like if you'll just get this beer, boy, your life would be great, you know, sure. and appeals to the sin nature. And so the problem with that is, is the world is making sin look so good. And because the world is making sin look so good, which we know it's not, yeah, it appeals to that young young person's desires and senses. And so we must teach our children the truth of sin and to learn to hate sin. And you know, one of the ways we do that is is we combat the allurement of it. And we say, now listen, you know, we know the world says that, you know, the beer is okay, and if you drink it, it'll make you wiser, you know, Budweiser, you know, all that kind of stuff. And dumber. It's Bud Dumber. And so we find that the world plays on that, and we as parents must combat that. Give them the truth. Yeah. And the greatest truth you can give them is from the Word of God. You know, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. I have no qualms about standing up in a church service and preaching against liquor and alcohol. Sure. Yeah. And I, I do. Why? Because the Bible says so. And so, um, you know, we, we, we must teach our children the truth and then teach them what liquor really does. You know, take them to the, the families that have been a. Um, have had a uh, a drunkard for a father who has beat their mom and beat the children and and done all these wicked things and so forth. I can give you story after story. I can give you stories in my own in my own life yeah. of those things that have happened. And so, um, give them the reality of what sin does, and say, "Now look, the world is going to try to make it look good to you. Do not be deceived. Yeah, know the truth. Here's why God says you should hate sin, because here's what it does, and God doesn't want this to happen to you." And you know you'll never you'll never fall into that if you never take your first sip of alcohol, if you never take your first puff on a cigarette, if you never, and so teach them to hate sin, and it's going to be that constant battle. And if the world is and the world speaks loudly for their yeah, their, their sin, it's true. Boy, they advertise it, push it, sing it, elevate it, honor it. I mean, it is awful. You know what this world pushes, and so teach them to hate those things because they need that other side. They need the truth. Yeah. So teach them to hate sin. So, um, you know, the Bible says in, in Jude, uh, verse 23, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Right. We should hate even the garment, the spot that the the flesh and sin brings upon us. Sure. Um, you know, Romans 13, 12 says, therefore cast off the works of darkness. And so we're supposed to put off these things. We're supposed to... Uh, hate those things that are evil and wrong. Uh, Psalm ninety-seven ten says, "Ye, um, ye that be, or excuse me, ye that love the Lord, hate evil." And so, teach your children hate evil. And the way you do that is by loving God more and more. When you take people, you know, who claim to be Christians and they love darkness and they love sin and they love that filth that God says is evil. I, you right there, mark it down. They don't love God like they're supposed to. Right. That's yeah. a Bible. I just read the verse on that. So so here's where the rubber meets the road. If you're going to teach your children to hate sin, then as a parent, what sin are you condoning in your own household? Mm, so for good. instance, okay, is cursing language wrong? Absolutely. Yeah, it's an absolute sin. And so we find... That how many times, you know, if I tell my kids, and for instance, I, you bring your, your kids to church and they hear uh, Pastor Patrick preaching, 
and he preaches against cursing, and he preaches against people using God's name in vain, and, and so forth. And he gives the Bible with it. So these kids are hearing that. And then they go home, and mom and dad have allowed all these Hollywood movies where they cuss, where they right. take God's name in vain, and they curse in the name of Christ. And they allow that. And not only are they allowing that, but they're paying for it. Yeah, I mean, they're giving Hollywood their money by their their Netflix subscription and then watching sure. those movies that, that shouldn't be watched. And so they'll buy these movies, these on-demand movies that have this cussing. And so it's sending a mixed signal to the young people. And it's right. saying, well, I know that this cussing's wrong, but man, mom and dad let us watch these movies. It's in our home. Sure. Or the sinful things people put on TV, the, all of the nakedness. The right. immorality, the sexual scenes mm-hmm. um, that should not be or have place in the life of a Christian or in a Christian home, if you allow those things into your home, you're not teaching your children to hate sin, you're teaching your children to condone sin. And so they're getting mixed signals. Sure. Um, so we've got to teach our children to hate yeah. sin. And I agree. And um, it, it, it takes work, but it takes a parent being honest with God. Right. Uh, and you know, I think we, I think some Christians have also fallen into the trap. I've heard this a couple times now from friends that are close to me, and um, we talked about profanity in, on the TV. And they'll tell me, well, you know, well, you know, we don't listen to any cussing. But, you know, like the the word, and, and I'm going to spell it for sake of the listener so we can have some context. Um, but they're like, you know, the word D-A-M-N. Which is a biblical you know, word. Yeah, it's a biblical word or H-E-L-L, hell, you know. Yeah. But both of those words can be used as cuss words. And they're like, but those are, you know, those are like can the I, more moderate words. Can I tell you why you just spelled them? Because you know, we I've, taught you for right. a kid that those the world uses those as curse words, right? And so you're even now nervous to just you know yeah. talk them you know talk about it right. in this conversation. Yeah, and I, I don't mind talking about hell um, when I'm talking about the place, but yeah. I'm very careful. But you know, I think we've gotten in this trap where we put well that the, you know the f word is a bad cuss word, but this word you know we're gonna hear it, and you know I when I worked I heard the f word more than I heard people say hell. Yeah. Or more than I heard people say, damn, I'm sorry. That's just, that's the way the people I worked around, they were just, uh, yeah. anyway, different thing. But you, you can't, parent, you can't say, well, these are minor cuss words. So we'll listen to these and these are major cuss words. There is a reason why I've recommended over and over and over again. We did a whole episode on cussing and TV cuss boxes. Um, whatever episode that was, I don't remember, but go down the list. And we did a whole episode on that. And, um, but there's a reason. Where if you are going to go and preview a movie on IMDb, Internet Movie Database, and you go under the parent's guide and look under profanity, there is a reason. Damn and hell. And you're saying it as a good word. You're yeah, not using it as a curse word. I'm not using it as a cuss word. It's still making you and H-E-L-L. There's a reason they're listed by the world under the profanity section. I never thought Even about that. Even the you're world right. acknowledges Yes, Those that is profanity. Words. So you're going to tell me, well, it's okay because it's minor. I don't know where you get your judgment system on minor or major. The world just says it's profanity. There it is. Yeah. And um, so you know what? I, I'm going to side with the world on this one over some Christians I know. I'm just going to label it as profanity, and I'm not going to allow profanity in my home because exactly. I'm more interested in watching a movie than protecting my children. Yeah. Is, the wor- is the movie really worth... I mean, is it really 
worth that much to you to some people that it you is. have to sacrifice the standard that God yeah. set. That's really to what some people they're so caught up in this uh, the Avengers series. My goodness, if you have watched the Avengers movies as a Christian and you claim to have a, a TV standards, can I just tell you this? You don't. Yeah, that's a that's a lie. You don't. You've let so many standards slip. Well, I had to watch, you know, the the end game, which was the big one that came out a couple of years ago. The end game. All these Christians were crying out. The Avengers. The end game. What filth? Absolute filth. You had to let standards drop on so many levels by watching that movie. Let me tell you something. We need to get back to having some standards, and maybe it'd be okay for us to get back to preaching. Maybe we should think about getting rid of the TV at some point. Now, I'm not saying that TV is wrong, but if you can't control your standards, there's a reason, you know, there's certain things in each of our lives we have to get rid of because we know if I have that, I I can't control it. It's never going to be good for a drunk to have a bottle of beer in the fridge. Nobody should have a bottle of beer Mm -hmm. in the fridge, but the point is he's going to struggle with it. There's certain things. If you can't control your TV standards, maybe it's time to think about getting rid of the TV. We We have a young mom in our church that just got saved not too long ago. Right. And her kids got saved. And she was telling my wife, she said, you know, life has just changed for me. And she made the statement. She said, you know, she said, watching TV and movies now, she said, I never realized how much cussing there is. She said, now I look at it. And she said, all of a sudden, she said, I'll be watching this movie. And she said, we watched it before or whatever. And she said, I'll hear this curse word. And she's like, whoa. Where did that come from? I never knew that was even in the movie. You know, and this is a young Christian who's newly saved and she's recognizing what the Holy Spirit is teaching her. And so, um how awesome is that? It just shows you what God is 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 truly interested in and stands for. So, um an example is um my my kids love to read and all of you all have been readers and love reading. You devour books and our younger three have developed that same passion for reading, and so they love going to the library. Um, somebody asked us the other day, said, people still use libraries? Yes, <laughs> we still use libraries. And so we take our kids to the library, and my wife took them this past week, and they got some books. And um, you know, we try to preview the books that they're reading to make sure they're right and holy, but we can't read everything. So we look at the title, we read the back, we do a little research. And if a book looks safe and it's going to be right and not detriment the faith of my children or teach them the wrong thing, then we let them read them. And so um, Callie, uh, my daughter, had a book and she began to read it, and she is a reader. She, we, pu- we'll ha- we punish her sometimes by saying, okay, you can't read a book for two days. I mean, right. and she'll like cry. She's like, it's worse than spankings for her, you know? Right. And so she came out of her room, and um, she'd been reading a book one, one evening, and so she brought it back, and she looked at me, and she said, well, she said, there goes this book. And I said, what was wrong? She said, it had a cuss word in it. I said, really? She said, yeah. She said it had a custard right here. She said, so I'm done reading this one. And you know how proud I am of her, kind of if you use pride in the right sense, right? Right. But how proud of, I am of her of she has now shown she has faith. Sure. She took that stand on her own. That purity and righteousness is more important than her than fulfilling. Now, does she want to read the rest of that book? Yeah, sure. you know, yeah. and the same reason why some Christians won't turn the TV off for that movie when they hear a curse word because oh, yeah. well, I got to see what happens. I'm a, I'm yeah. hooked. Well, that hook is a 
is yeah. is a hook from Satan. I tell you what, yeah, there's so many times where you watch a movie and you're like, you know, you there was nothing on the parents' guide. Maybe they didn't have it rated or whatever. And so I'm like, we'll give it a shot. And they cuss, and it's like, man, it was just starting to get, get good. good. Yeah, I, there was a while back. There was a movie with Fess Parker. You know the old Daniel Boone yes. actor. You know the dad. Got to love Daniel yellow. Boone. And um, it was some movie about trains. I have no idea, but it had just started to get good. You know the storyline was coming together. You were getting into it, and then they cussed. You know this is an old Disney movie. Yeah. And um, we turned it off. I didn't want to. I'll be honest. You know I have movie standards. I didn't want to. I wanted to finish it. I'm like I want to see hooked. what happens. Yeah. But you need to have the courage to stand up and stick to your standard. Or yeah. your children never will. And here's the, here's a neat little illustration is when you go fishing, okay, you've got a lure that has a hook. Right. Okay. And so what happens is that fish gets attracted to that lure, not realizing it has a hook. But once they get hooked, no fish wants to stay hooked. Right. But you reel them in anyway. That's all Satan wants to do. Yeah. He wants to hook your heart. And once he's got you hooked, guess what? You can fight all you want to, but he's going to lure you in. But Christ will set you free. That's, That's exactly amazing. right. Yeah. So let me lead into the next point, because I know we said this is our last <laughs> session here. Um, the, the next point goes right along with hating sin, and it's this one. Um, teaching your child faith means training them to listen and to respond to the Holy Spirit of God. Mm. Teaching them to listen to and to respond to the Holy Spirit of God. Now, that child that you are raising for the Lord... Okay, if they're saved, they have the Holy Spirit within them. Right. And that Holy Spirit is there for, I have a message that I've preached several times um, called the 12 Ministries of the Holy Spirit. There are 12 distinct things that the Holy Spirit is responsible of doing in the, in the heart of a believer. And so they have the Holy Spirit. If that young person is not saved, then they still have the Holy Spirit in the home. Mom and dad have created this place where the Holy Spirit can work on that young person, even from the outside. And so the key to that is, is if I teach my children how to respond and listen to the Holy Spirit of God, God can do some amazing things through the ministries of the Holy Spirit. So if I've taught my children to begin to learn to hate sin, when the Holy Spirit convicts their heart— Right. And all of a sudden he's working on their conscience because that's what he uses. That's his his tool. If you get into sin long enough, okay, what does the Bible says says happens? You sear your conscience. Yeah. Where you have no feeling anymore. You can't feel that conviction. You can't feel the leading of the Holy Spirit. But if I teach my children to be obedient to whenever the Holy Spirit says no. And when the Holy Spirit says no, he means no. And if I teach my children to respond to that, listen to that small, still voice in your heart and that conviction, that conscience. And when the Holy Spirit says, no, you shouldn't go here, you shouldn't do this, and teach them to be sensitive to that, I'm now teaching them to hate sin because the Holy Spirit's never going to lead them to sin. Yeah. And so it's so important we teach them that when the Holy Spirit speaks— to listen and to submit and to obey. Sure. When the Holy Spirit says go, you need to go. When the Holy Spirit says do this and and, and point you in the right direction, um, by the way, the Holy Spirit never contradicts the Word of God. Yeah. He, not one single time will he ever do that. And so you teach your children to be responsive to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit then has freedom to work in their heart 
to guide them and direct them and teach them and move them and show them the will of God. And you're going to find that that child is going to have peace. They're going to have joy. They're going to have all of those right emotions, and they're going to be strong in their faith that they're not going to cast off that faith. So when they become 18 and all of a sudden the world's allurement comes in and the world says, you're 18 now, you can do what you want to, they're going to say no. And the Holy Spirit inside of them is going to say, no, 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 let's not, let's not go that direction. And so it's so important that you teach them who the Holy Spirit is, why he's there, and how to listen to him and respond to him. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's exactly right. So that's so important that we do that. And uh, I could go on and on uh, about that for a length of time, but uh, I think we're going to run out of, uh, you know, uh, time here on this uh, episode. And I've got one last thing. No, go ahead. Okay, you ready? Time. Okay. Yeah. The last one is this one, and this is more for the parent than it is the child uh, in the sense of training your child. Um, teaching your child faith means recognizing your child's limitations and fears. Every child is different. Right. And each child has some limitations or some things that they're going to struggle with more than others. Some children are going to struggle. You know, if a child has a has a difficulty reading, they're going to struggle more with reading their Bible than another kid who has the love of reading and has mastered the art of reading because it is an art. It is something that you learn to do and get good at, and it doesn't just happen. And so with that, you've got to learn your child's limitations. If your child struggles in reading, then you're going to have to, in order to increase their faith, you're going to have to recognize that and find some ways to get the Word of God in them, whereas a child who's good at reading and loves reading can sit down and read several chapters and, man, do it in no time. Right. So you've got to recognize your child's limitations and fears. Sometimes your children have some fears that are so real, some, and I, I say legitimate fears, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, these are the ones where maybe a child has been abused. Right. Um, you know, you find especially in foster children or adopted children, things in their past come out. Um, or maybe you find these um, uh, blended families where a child is coming into a new home and, you know, um, uh, their, their mom's getting remarried and now they're, they're coming into a new home with new siblings and they've got some fears, they've got some concerns, they've got some things there. You're going to have to learn to recognize that, those limitations and those particular fears or things like that, and help them personally. In sure. those areas. Yeah. Um, and I hope that makes sense. Maybe you can add something to that to, to, to help us out. Well, that makes sense. I, I think it's important to, you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And uh, But as we talked about before, your child is a child. They haven't completely learned how to respond spiritually. Okay? Fear is a flesh response. Faith is a spiritual response. So a lot of the times as your kids are growing up, they are always going to respond. Not always. Most of the time they're going to respond based on the flesh side, not the spiritual side, because they're still learning. And part of fear, though, fear can be both a good thing and a bad thing. Because fear can lead to good and fear can lead to bad. For instance, we're told many times in the Bible to fear God. Now, it's a, it's a different type of fear, a different type of—it's not this cowering in the corner. It's a it's fear of knowing. So important people understand that. Right. When the fear of the Lord is not the same kind of fear 
that right. you find that you know people have that hold them back that's scared that's not sure. the same fear so go ahead. sure so let me let me give a practical example and maybe this will kind of wrap it up but um last night we were out doing some shopping some final prep for some different things and um but we were in the Dollar General parking lot, about to go into Dollar General, and I had Freedom by the hand, and I had Victory in her car seat in the other hand. And we started walking across the parking lot, and a truck came, p- pulled in the drive, and started coming down the, uh, down the parking lot. I admit they were going a little fast, but we were starting to cross the parking lot, and immediately her first reaction was, Daddy, there's a car, and she tried to turn to go back to our car. You say, what is that? It was a healthy fear of an oncoming vehicle. Yeah. There are certain fears that your child will have that are good for them to have. Your child should have a fear of an oncoming vehicle. Your child should have a fear of venomous snakes. Your child should have a fear because it's a form of protection. It's a protection. It's It's a a respect. It's a respect. Of what it can do. Exactly. In the same way, we are supposed to have a healthy respect of God knowing that he can do something to us if we do not respond in the way we should. Now, that's not how we live our lives. Our lives should not be based on, oh, what's God going to do to me? Our lives should be based on a love for God. I'm doing this because I love God, not because I'm afraid of the consequences, though that does have a part in it. And, of course, it was Solomon who said, let's hear the whole conclusion of the matter. Fear God. And um, so, anyway, but there there are healthy fears that you have to acknowledge. I'm not going to punish freedom because she had a healthy fear of the oncoming vehicle. I'm glad. I encourage it. Now, I'm not going to say, you know, every time there's a vehicle going down the highway, (laughs) be afraid and cower down, you know, and don't fall down on the ground and curl up in a little ball, you know. So I'm going to guide that, but I want to keep that healthy respect of, of those things. You have to recognize that sometimes your child has a fear of something, and sometimes as a parent, you need to step back and say, okay, why? They don't want to go do this activity with this person. Why? Yeah. And start examining things from the outside because there may be a reason for the fear and you never want to push your child into a situation that's dangerous where the warning signs were there. Your child caught on to it. You didn't. And because we didn't take time to sit back and examine it, fear can be both a good and a bad thing. Oh, absolutely. And so that's so important. You understand your child's limitations and fears. Some children aren't ready for some of the, the doctrines you know, they, they, they're, they're not ready for some of the deeper doctrines. Some children aren't, you know, um, are going to struggle more than others with trusting God right. or different things, depending on their past or, or things they've been through. So you've got to recognize that. And then from there, once you identify your children's limitations and fears, you work with them. Sure. And you get them to grow their faith. But for some children, it's going to take a little different avenue or a little slower, a little longer, more patience. Um, and so you've got to recognize that. I mean, this you can take this at a whole nother podcast just in itself, but right. I just needed to put that out there um, because that's so important. Sometimes parents try to treat all children the same. That's not true. You can't do that. Yeah. Uh, Each child is different. Yeah. Being a fair parent doesn't mean everything is equal. Oh, I do not like Um, fair parenting. You know, it's not not fair to your children to do everything equal. Some forms of discipline will work for some kids. Some won't work for the other. Um, You know, removing the video games from your daughter might not work the same way it did for your son. You know, there's certain forms of different things you do. Fair does not mean equal. And it's very important to recognize that. Exactly. 
Well, that's pretty much about it. I, you know, like I said, there's there's so much more we could talk about, and sure. so much more depth, right? But this is just more of skimming the top and just trying to get some truths and to hopefully not overwhelm parents because when you come down, you know, to it, if you were to look at all of these seven episodes, is it seven now? Yeah, seven parts. Yeah, seven parts of teaching children faith, and this is, I mean, we could have seven more episodes and sure. hit totally different topics, but if you'll just take these. That you that you hear about and and have, have listened to about these seven parts, you're going to sit there and be overwhelmed and go, "That's a lot of work." Oh man, yeah, well, it is. If you weren't ready for the work, you shouldn't be a parent. Exactly. And um, so it's work, but yes, it's a it rewarding is. work because. Sure. Uh, help me out with that scripture real quick. Um, oh, it's Third John, First John. How do you know what I'm talking I have about? No greater, no greater joy, joy than to hear that my children walk, walk in, in truth. truth. Yeah. Um, Good night. You're going to... See, I can quote scripture, but sometimes I don't have the reference stuck in my head. It is, um, hang on, Third John 1, 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. truth. Yeah, we just quoted that, so, but, you know, yeah. the reference was... Yeah, Third John 1, 4. Okay. So, hey, thank hey. you for inviting me on the podcast. Oh, and thank you for I coming on. And yeah. um, don't forget, Christmas is coming up. Right. Remington 870. Pump yeah. Action. Yeah, and sure. uh, just throw that out there again for you. In sure. case you really feel like loving your dad right. and showing him that you love him. Sure. Just put that out there. Sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, Merry Christmas to all of you out there. We do have another uh, Christmas carol here for you. And um, this is from the CD, Oh Holy Night, piano solos by Caleb Galvin. It's used with permission by North Valley Publications. You can buy that CD at NV Publications. Org. Again, that's nvpublications.org, and the CD is Oh Holy Night. We'll be playing Go Tell It on the Mountain and a peppier Christmas hymn, and enjoy this one, so go tell it on the mountain. But my friend, until next time, hey, keep looking up. I think is how it goes. <laughs> Have you ever, you know, sometimes I just forget. Keep looking up and keep stirred up for the cause of Christ. That's good.